Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's Nick. You can find us at HyperClean Store. The HyperClean Specialist Facebook group is really the best way to go everywhere else. Just HyperClean Store. Interact with us there. And I am having another one. Uh, thanks so much for these beers. This is the Red Hook Hazy Big Ballard Imperial IPA. Is that how you'd say that? Ballard or Ballard? Yeah, know. Ballard. Big Ballard? Like a big baller? Yeah. Uh, looking forward to this. Looking forward to this. Uh, absolutely. Do you have any good beers this weekend? Or, you know, I sent you one of your fans. Your, your, <laughs> I know, one of your I fan boys wearing your high noon <laughs> shirt. Uh, no, I went with uh, a little tequila lemonade out by the pool. You know, I'm not a young spry chicken anymore, so I can't have too many of those. But, uh, man, the weather's perfect for the pool. And, uh, you know, I guess pool season's officially here out here. So, Official. you know, we, we're we got a heat wave out here. So I think everything's official. Oh yeah. We're done with the spring. It Everything was good. And then it it's mid nineties to high nineties here all week. We were seventies and eighties and then that flip yep. got switched. You're right. Yeah, here. That, that we're here. So yeah, I had a good weekend. You know, like I said, it's anytime you can get in the pool and you know, uh, for those that don't know, pools stay pretty cool out here for, a lot longer than you'd think you could heat them or whatever. And I got some on mine, but uh, something just about getting in it when it's the right time to get in it is more my mode. So that's what I did a little bit this weekend. All right. Well, you know what I did this weekend? I'm buying what I did this weekend. It was a whole lot of fun. I, I had a great time. Now I, I know I did you tell me I can't have two buying sales and I'll just give you a little pre-story about, you know, the moment that you're, you're trying to break apart a piece of wood that was on the ground and, you realize it didn't break on your knee and something is stuck in your knee. <laughs> and you go, Hmm, was that a nail? I'm having to pick out of my leg. Yeah. That's how the weekend kind of started. But since can't do two, we won't go into that. I will say I was totally impressed with this, this group that I went into to see, I could do all my paperwork on my phone. And when I got there, I just had to click some digital buttons. I was like, this is, this place is fucking phenomenal. Like, Everybody else here is still old school and you had to go fill out all this damn paperwork. We've even gone to some place. You got to fill out paperwork twice. And you go, I just fucking filled this shit out. Yeah. Well, you got to do it again. So kudos to those people, but I'm buying. That's not where I was going this week in the buy and sell, but I just took a little side break. Um, buy and sell for me. Listen, I'm buying confidence. 100%. I am buying confidence. We've all seen them. We've all gone. Wow. We've all gone, at least most of us I have have gone, boy, I just, I wish, I wish I had the confidence they have, right? Like you see somebody like that is it's very, uh, well, it's intriguing and it's alluring and you wonder why and how did they get to have so much confidence? Let me, let me tell you what I mean. So this weekend is our traditional, it's a Tulsa thing. It's been going on for years and years and years it's called Tulsa Tough. Talk about it over the past years on the podcast. We go out, uh, drink beer. Uh, we sit on this big patio with a huge tree. It's a lot of fun, but it's riders constantly coming through. And it's a pro circuit and a, a, and other, other riders, you know, the weekend warrior types. But there's this part that's called Crybaby Hill. And it's just this straight incline. And it's hot. And, I mean, it, it does. It breaks you. And that's why it's called Crybaby Hill. But it's the biggest party, and it's a lot of fun. This year, right, each year at Crybaby Hill, each year there's a theme. The theme for this year, what everybody's supposed to be dressing up in, is beach, right? Beach wear. So you can imagine, right, the swimsuits and the attire and, and everything that can come out with it. And, and you just see the people that come out and some individuals that are not wearing very much clothing and you just go wow the confidence it takes for you to step out like that in public wow wow right? we call that we've so we, we, we we've talked about something a little different than that but you you call it confidence huh yes 
I call it confidence because it's amazing that they're so happy with themselves that they're able to say <laughs> fuck you to the rest of us that do not want to look at it. But and I, you just want to just be and do, and it's like, okay, get, that's some massive confidence that like that's, that's <laughs> so one of, so really one of my guys, incredible. one of my guys recently had this conversation because he's, he's around our age and it's the same, same thing. Wow. How it's changed what those people with quote unquote confidence will wear out of the house in your lifetime. I mean, you can think about neighbors you grew up around. Look, most of the time we're talking about, you know, bikinis, but even guys in this instance, when you were a little heavier back in the day, you wouldn't have worn that stuff. But in our lifetime, true or false, we have gone through the massive transformation of it just doesn't matter, right? Him and I just talked about this probably like a month ago. And I mean this sincerely, not that I care, it's none of my business, but the way certain people used to dress as I grew up, it just changed and it's changed forever now. And I got to imagine in Tulsa, not a lot of bodybuilders. So it had to be a pretty rough scene. <laughs> it, it, it was, I wasn't checking out bodybuilders. I know maybe, you know, you, you check out dudes, but I don't. No, I'm saying, Hey, there's, you know. A, there's, you know, there's also females that like to work out Marty. I mean, you know, just an FYI, <laughs> you know, I mean, the pool scene here has got to be a little different than Tulsa tough. I, I got to tell you. Um, Let's just say, you know, they must have opened up the gates because the cows were hurting. <laughs> let's just let's just leave it at that. Like you and, said, uh, confidence. Was very impressed with their confidence. Very impressed. Um, I'm going to actually, let me piggyback on that because I had some pictures I was going to put out. Uh, I did watch Lamont this weekend when I could, uh, posted a couple of that on Instagram stories. Um, you know, there's nothing like a great sports weekend. There was an all time instant classic fight in the UFC this weekend with Teixeira and, and that title fight, but it's something that I'm going to share as a detailer. I'm sitting at a stoplight and this happens twice over the weekend. And a black car pulls up next to me and the sun just happens to hit it right. And you just see those buffers trails and somebody that really tried to do the right thing. You know, you don't start out polishing a car and saying, I'm going to wreck this car. I just don't believe that's what goes through people's minds. So I'm like, Jess is like, why do you care? Why do you point that out? I'm like, I just find it fascinating. That's all. I mean, all the information on the internet, how can you not find somebody to polish your car? We literally go like two stoplights. Another black truck pulls up next to me. Happens to be a GM, by the way. And it is top three worst I've ever seen. I could see the burn marks from sitting in my car through window tent. Again, the sun was at the right angle of this road and how it goes that the, it just kept hitting these black cars. There is nothing quite like being a detailer, sitting at a stoplight, oh, walking through a parking lot, whatever it may be, and you just go, you paid for that. Somewhere along the line, you paid for that job. And then you understand why detailing has had a, such a tough time catching on the mainstream because if your car looks like that in the sun you're probably not rushing back to the detail shop to get it fixed i mean what do you do at that point you're just like wow this doesn't look very good and so what i'm buying is being able or not being able to shut it off i literally cannot shut off see and again it's not like i'm looking for it but when it's just like right in your face next to you you're like oh God, I don't want to look at that. What you feel like doing, and I had a buddy actually say this to me one time. He goes, you should have magnets that you keep in your car. That when you see that, you're sitting at the stoplight, you just fling it right onto their hood. And then when they get out, you know, they got your number and your business name. So yeah, this weekend, I literally drove around. Uh, we were running some errands and I saw two vehicles that were just no question. It was not a car wash. 
It was not someone else. Somebody claiming to be a detailer put a hell of a signature on these two cars. And how do you, so how do you know? Oh, come on, Marty. I know what a buffer trail looks like. I mean, I, you know, I have been doing this longer than two minutes. You know, I don't, I don't blame everything on the car wash. What about, you know, what about what everybody else likes to, to blame that dealership and everybody that's been listening. You, you put out a really great episode this past weekend that, what does happen then to detailing inside of a dealership if if people start going direct? You well, know, that's actually better for detailers. I mean, look, if we cut the dealership out, people are going to come for more protective services for the detailing industry. From a selfish perspective, there's no question that the detailing industry benefits if the dealer gets knocked out. You want to know why? Because people are still going to be looking for an expert to talk to. Right now, unfortunately... There's a lot of people that think the dealer is the expert. Like that's the hurdle we've never gotten over. I mean, don't you think the hurdle is you and I know the dealership is out to screw us. Everyone in your circle knows they're out to screw us, but they, those other people in your circle still go to the dealership and talk to people as though they're the expert. That's, that's the whole mountain we haven't climbed over, which is they'll tell you, Oh, I went to the dealership and they were just horrible and they cost so well, why you're 43 years old, why are you at the dealership anymore? Because at 43, you haven't learned. And the truth is that's the hump we've never in detailing been able to get over. I was actually 43. You're right. I was trying to remember that, you know, that we talked about on some episodes, taking my Jeep in to, to get some repairs. Now it was, it was supposed to be, you know, a factory type recall of, Hey, we need oh, you yeah, to do this, go in a seat. My shit still doesn't work right. No. Last week when I, I took my, my Jeep over to mechanic just to just gonna get my clutch worked on, I was like, you know, hey, um randomly I've got a fucking strobe light in my back now because the electric work that they did, they had to replace some like something to do with the key switch. And when I walked back in because I the fucking car wouldn't turn on and then I couldn't get lights to come on, the lights were going like they were literally just going in and working with the electrics and my shit still doesn't work right. Still is messed up, oh, but yeah. I can't keep going. Like, I mean, you eventually, what you and I have talked about, right? Like you eventually keep going back to the dealership and you, they're not fixing it. So you eventually just go, fuck it. I got to have somebody else work on it because yep. they fucked my shit up. I, I just need it fixed. So that's why I told the mechanic the other day when he was working on my clutch, I go, Hey, you know, <laughs> working on the clutch, but, and I know electric work ain't fun, but, my shit's like a, a strobe light sometimes. So he got it working and I or got it to oh, yeah. stop working is what he got. Like I yeah, can now drive down the road without yeah. my lights going on and off, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it, you know, look, first of all, you bought a Jeep Dodge. Uh, they're <laughs> notorious for having real electrical issues. Uh, and, <laughs> and, worse, it gets and, rained, and it gets rained yeah, on without and the, it's top. Worse by the Yeah. And it's worse by the minute. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't think people, this is going to be a period of time that they write books about in the car business. Like, I, I don't even think we know the full damage of the pandemic. Like, this, we're not trying to harp on something. We released an episode Saturday. I talked a little bit about this. The things that have been exacerbated in this time period for car manufacturers is unbelievable. I mean, Dodge has legendarily had terrible electrical systems. It's now just exacerbated. Now, whatever your predominant problem was, it's just been made exponentially worse. Like, you've even had more time to think about it. Because think of these auto manufacturers. They don't have a lot to do when the cars are just sitting there and they're waiting on chips. You think they'd maybe fix their problems. But they're just those like, engineers yeah, we'll take... would get to it, right? Goddamn engineers. It's crazy, dude. It, I mean, to have an electrical issue in your brand for 50 straight years takes some level of incompetence that you can't even describe. And yet people are going to walk in. I mean, after the fact, I had a young guy who, who, you know, asked me about buying a car. I said, Hey man, when you're ready to do it, I'll help you. No cost. You're, you're a family friend. You know, you're, you're a little bit nervous. He got into the situation where his car got stolen when he was you know visiting a friend in, in Los Angeles. So he's dealing with the interest. I said, give me a shout. What's he do? He goes to CarMax. Sends me a picture. Says, hey, you got a car. I said, well, you pay 20% over market automatically. He's like, what do you mean? I said, CarMax makes 20% over any other used car dealer in the whole United States. 
If people didn't know that stat, that's that's public knowledge. 16 to 22% on average, you'll pay more for a car at CarMax because they, quote, unquote, don't haggle. Well, it's a well, marketing Genius play. marketing, though, right? Because that's, yeah, that's what everybody hates about going to the dealer is the hack. Yeah, and now everybody's follow suit. So you yeah. really can't go to a whole bunch of dealerships that even haggle anymore because yeah. they said, well, wait a minute. We're just going to tell you the price and it's going to be the price? Wow, what a genius idea. The problem is the consumer loses because they're just going to add in all those markups anyway. And now you can't really get them off other than, you know, you can get some some fees and stuff. And, and so it is pretty crazy to think about, um, like you said, going to the dealership two and three and four times and simple things not being fixed. And there are recalls. I love when people say that. Well, you know, you got a recall on that vehicle. I said, have you taken something in for a recall? What do you think? They get it right? These are the same people that had to recall it. Like they're all the same. People don't put it together. Jeep recalled it. You're pulling into something that says Jeep on it. They're going to fix it. Come on, dude. Like they're only having to recall because they're afraid the government's going to step in. That's the whole thing around a recall. They want to avoid the NHTSA from stepping in and, and getting involved in their business. So, hey, we've had 50 cars catch on fire. We better do a recall. That's how they kind of get out of it. Well, they're not in a rush to get your Jeep right, I can tell you. Your Dodge, it doesn't matter. We shared a couple stories that are going on with some Dodge guys that, that are supposed to come in here for some PPF. But, you know, it's amazing that, you know, when we really talk about people going direct, detailing is one of those things that's going to benefit. Because if we cut out the BS, ceramic coatings, and, and P, bad PPF that's going on at dealerships, you're going to have a certain percentage of those people that were glad to pay for that stuff and thought they were getting high quality coming into the detailer world that have never been there before. Yeah, good point. So, you know, what's interesting, too, is, you know, you know how more people are, they're just, they're keeping their cars longer, right? Like, sure. seeing the different ways that they use their cars for well, let's just call it a side hustle, right? Like once Uber came into the car world, it changed things for a lot of people. For us, it means that if I know I'm going to go spend the afternoon drinking and having fun, I got transportation that can take me back and forth and I have zero worries. But it's interesting the way people have tried to take their automobiles, their car life and change it into a side hustle. Um, I don't know about you, but if I'm taking an Uber, I always find it fascinating to just kind of see how they're taking care of their car. What does an Uber driver do for, you know, their appearance or the way it looks inside and how do some people have things? Is it clean? I know there's plenty of detailers as well as car washes or other people that do volume work that, that actually attempt to sell services to uber car drivers because hey you've got a captive audience in your car your tip and the way things are going to go is, is a lot of it's going to be based on the way you're using this side hustle in a sense to yep. to make some money it's interesting the way automobiles are changing the way our car life in making a side hustle as we're seeing in the car world with the overall car care industry, the amount of people doing side hustles for also detailing and using their automobiles for detailing as the economy continues to do its thing. We've, we've said over the past years, you're always going to see an influx of more people coming in with some side hustle mentality. Whew. Car life side hustle. That it's kind of, you just kind of start going, do people really understand what it's going to take? Where, where do you go with a side hustle that's going to transcend into maybe a, what we would love to have a, a full hustle, right? Like yeah. where does it go from a side hustle into a full hustle? What does it take? How, you know, being able to use your car life to then create a side hustle. Let's journey down that a little bit. I mean, using your car to rent out so that, it, you know, you can transport people or using your car so that you can go, clean other people's cars, car life has changed. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, look, you have things like Toro or where people are renting their cars and, and, and you have Uber, 
and, and then we get into guys that, you know, maybe have a, a, a pickup truck and they're throwing some tanks in the back and, and they're starting to become a detailer. I mean, it is very different in our life very quickly. I mean, Uber isn't that long ago when it was fighting everybody, you know, it had a big fight in cities like New York city and Las Vegas, if they were even going to be allowed here. And now they're just ubiquitous with life, right? It's just like Uber's here, Lyft's here, whatever. Um, I do find it fascinating how few Uber drivers I deal with that take pride in their car. I mean, that really has changed from the beginning. Remember when Uber drivers first came around, man, that their car was sparkling, it was vacuumed, it was smelling good. And now as they've let more and more people in, like so many things in life, many de you know, professional detailers can sympathize with this, I guess, which is the more you let people in, the more the bar is going to be lowered, right? Like, yeah, let's chop, let's chop that up. Why? Why, why does it always the, more people come in? Why does the bar always continue to get lower? Well, because I, I man, you, you can kind of say this in a politically correct way, or you can kind of say it pretty bluntly as more people come in more average to below average people that usually come into a, a, a an industry. And that's what's happened with Uber. I mean, literally, I remember taking my first Ubers and being like, well, this is way better than a cab because cabs usually were dirty, smelled like smoke, whatever. Did you ever have, and there was a lot of those early side hustle people that were, hey, you know, I, I, I run a cab during the other times and yep. then I'm doing this on the opposite or limo drivers. There yes. was a lot of limo driver people. And if you got those limo drivers, and especially if you go out to Vegas, you're right. There's plenty of those, like you, you would luck out for us to, to me, it was luck yeah. out, but for there, it's probably more common. Yeah. We get there and we'd go, fuck this. That's an escalate. It's got tinted windows. It's how oh, shit, man. This is, this is a real yeah, deal. Yeah. No. And it, it, it was like that for a while. And we had, you know, something here and a lot of people don't realize this limo drivers are a different breed because they keep their car nice because it's luxury. So if you got lucky enough that an Uber driver happened to drive limo on the other time, they always took pride in their ride. The problem is, is I think people hear the word easy. Oh, well, Uber's easy. And so you get all those men and women that have that easy mentality and not that work ethic. It, it is, it's a gig. It's, you know, it's going to be work. You know, we hear this all the time, opportunity. You know, all I need is an opportunity. Well, Uber's a great example. How long did it take for the world to turn on Uber? About five seconds. All of a sudden, they weren't paying enough. All of a sudden, nobody was making enough money. Go talk to the people that drove, have been driving Uber this whole time. I know guys that are on eight plus years, I think, or five plus years of driving Uber. Those aren't the guys complaining. They may say, hey, they, they've changed this, they change, but they just take the opportunity and keep moving around and working hard. But I think the reason, and, and the same thing happens in detailing, the plague of, of, the, of the detailing industry or Uber or any of those things are people that, are, that think that there's a quick buck to be made. Because none of this stuff is a quick buck. I don't even care if you drive Uber. Yeah, you're going to get paid every night and, and you're going to make some money. But even think about bartenders. That's considered a quick buck. You know, you walk home with cash every night. Uh, you know what? A, it's hard work, man. You still got to show up. I mean, you can go get some great opportunities here in Vegas to 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 serve drinks and make a hundred thousand plus a year in six months, which largely happens here. But boy, they work a lot of hours and they take the opportunity, they run with it, and they become successful from it. Honestly, Marty, I think the the Uber thing's a lot like deal, detailing. People just think there's an easy buck to be made. And that's the once those people start flooding in, man, it just starts to really decline. Yeah, and it's it's what causes somebody to want a side hustle versus what they're doing, right? Like, what causes somebody to want more? They got to be not happy with where they're at, in a sense, trajectory of their life, and that this next thing is gonna be the thing, right? It's gonna be the thing that that puts them on, and you know, I I. As we're seeing hypercleans growing rapidly through TikTok, we've been very early adapter, heavy into detailers should be on TikTok. 
And it's interesting as more detailers get into TikTok, there's a lot of them that, you know, there's, it's actually a side hustle. It's, it's something that they're, they've been doing on the side, but they're creating some content. They're creating some things like they're, they seem to be wanting more. There's something about people getting into it that they just, they want more. What is it? Why do you think that people want more out of life? I don't know. That's it's, it's a random question. It's kind of odd. It's not, it's a philosophical question. It's a little different, but yeah, I, I think if you're I think wanting more out yeah. of it, what are, what are people wanting more of? Do you know? Well, I mean, I, I can only speak why I did stuff. I, I did stuff because I wanted more money. I mean, it wasn't really more difficult than that for me. It may have been for everyone else or, you know, they have a bad boss or they hate their life and they want to try something new. I just was looking for opportunity to, to make more money. And I do think that's where the whole side hustle. But again, I also think you look at some of this toxic YouTube culture stuff where you have all these guys that are supposed gurus and they're telling you to go get a side. I mean, I think that's really where that, those two terms came from. You know, it wasn't, it was just called a second job when I was younger, right? Like when we were starting working, you had, you could have two jobs and it was talked about that way. Now it's, you know, we've, we've glamorized the side hustle, but I think that's been something we've shared on here. The glamorization of all of this, like none of it's glamorous. Like if you look at, my day and your day of running hyper clean. I bet you there's people that think, oh, dude, I'd give anything. It's like, I don't think this works how you think it works. And I think that's kind of the cancer of all this, isn't it? It's like people, it's the grass is greener thing. I think that's where the side hustle thing comes. You're sitting over here, you're making good money, but maybe you don't like your boss or maybe you don't like the hours you work and you think, hey, I'm going to get a side hustle and you'll see and most of the side hustles flame out. I mean, you've heard it in your friend group, your friend, your, your family, acquaintances you follow on Facebook that you're just like, is this the same? And now she's selling her third or fourth different type of jewelry. I mean, we used to just call the shit Amway. I mean, is really what we used to call it was some kind of multi-level marketing scheme. I think it's interesting. I don't know that everybody gives it much thought. They just think that somebody over there is making money and I'm going to get some of it. I think that's honestly what people think. You're absolutely right. There's plenty of detailers and continue, right? Like we've put out there, like if you think there's an opportunity in your area to sell some product, to, to be a distributor, to this could be a chance that you could actually change your world because you look at your surrounding area and you don't see a whole lot of competition or you think how you know that with HyperClean, you can change the tone in your city. Well, we've had, I mean, by the masses, people sending in, yeah, I did, right? So you're on phone calls with people. Let me just give you some of the, the background, right? Like, if you send in that message, I'm going to say, what do you see in your area? How do you think you can do it, right? This is the way it's going to go. Some people will actually get on that phone call and have zero plans, right? Like, yeah zero ideas other than, well, I'm not happy in my job right now. And I just thought I could make a change or, well, I just, I just thought that maybe I could, you know, just bring this in and, you know, it's a whole back to that theory. Not everybody's old enough to remember the movie field of dreams, but he gets taught a lesson from a ghost that if you cut down all your corn, <laughs> yeah, stop making money, uh, cut down your corn, put up some lights, build this baseball stadium. Then all these people are going to come watch, which does happen. They're going to watch ghosts from old times past play baseball. I mean, it's who wouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you build it, they will come. There are some people that just have this theory. If I build a website, uh, if I, if I just tell oh. people I'm suddenly going to do something, right? Like Marty, and you, could, we, you could take we, different we could. aspects, right? It's just this idea that you, you, you can have this idea. Suddenly all these people are going to come buy stuff from us and having these conversations with different people. It's, Hey man, all right, why don't you get back to us in a couple of weeks? Why don't you, you know, put out your thoughts a little bit more, like let's get an actual plan put together on how you sure. can do it. 
it is very interesting of what makes somebody want more. And then the idea that, well, the economy has been so great over so many years, I could just create and I could just, let's just open this and suddenly all these people are going to come in. It, it's a theory that there's many. And by the way, and by the way, it's not even, have. it's not an age thing. I mean, yeah. we have 50 year olds, 20 year olds, uh, 60 year olds. I mean, we got, we, we run the gambit of these people we talk to and it's always refreshing. I mean, the most refreshing thing is when you talk to somebody that has at least given it some thought and it's like, Hey man, we've listened to the podcast for a while. Hey, thanks for asking me this question, Marty. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me walk you through. Here's why I think I have an opportunity. It doesn't mean they have it planned to the, to the perfect degree, but they've taken it and they've said, here's an opportunity. I'm going to start putting work into it. And I haven't bought a product. I haven't solidified my distributorship. I haven't done anything, but I'm going to start putting effort into thinking through my new business. I think, you know, when we talk about this and again, like you said, this is sort of a philosophical type of question we're having. How many people have you and I talked to over the last couple of years that are, that are somewhat you know, ubiquitous in our circle, right? Of this hyper clean thing. And we go, that person has the talent. That person has everything it takes. That person should absolutely kill it in distributorship. We've done that a few times. And there's people, boom, man, they went off and they killed it. Then you have this other group and they take this opportunity and it doesn't go anywhere, but they have all the talent in the world, best salespeople great, you know, people like being around them. They got the gift of gab. They're, they're just those type of people, but they take this opportunity and they forget the next part, which is damn, it's a lot of work. And I think that's what I hate the most about side hustle is that it, it glorifies something and doesn't tell people it takes a lot of work. And Marty, we've even seen people that we've helped their, their detailing business go from 5,000 a month in revenue at the best to 15,000 in revenue the very next month after coming over to HyperClean. And then have the audacity at the, end, at the end of that record month to say, wow, this was a lot of work. I mean, I didn't have a life. Uh, dude, you were making like 12 bucks an hour 30 days ago. You got 15 G's in your pocket. And I'm hearing a complaint about the work. Like you didn't want an opportunity, my man. You wanted a handout. Because, and I'll ask this question to everybody listening, Marty, and I asked you this question last week. If I guaranteed everyone listening that they could have seven figures in their bank account, but for the next 10 years, they couldn't take a day off. They'd probably lose some friends. They'd probably lose touch with some family members. They'd probably miss some practices, and but you'd be a millionaire. But you had to sign over that this is what you were going to do. I think people would be shocked how many people wouldn't make it. And everybody tells me they want to be a millionaire. Everybody tells me they want to make a lot of money. But Marty, you and I have watched. We've watched a lot of people make a lot of money in HyperClean. We've also watched this big percentage over here struggle with the fact that opportunity comes with a lot of really, really hard work. And that is never going to change. And when you don't accept that, I think that's where this thing kind of goes off the rails. It's the work, huh? <laughs> Dude, come on, Marty. I mean, we watched it. I mean, it's what could what what can you chalk it up to? I, I'm telling you, if you had the ability to offer that 10 year deal to people, they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to do it. Right. So so if people want to do something. It is in a sense, and as I'm just trying to figure it out, right? Like they should understand that it's it's going to take work. So why? How does that translate? I don't I don't get it. I'm I'm with you. I I, I think that's the disconnect. Again, you go you go to this YouTube era, this Instagram era, where you have all these gurus telling you to start something. They can if they glorify it, then you buy their book or you buy their class, or you buy their, you know, seminar. The whole thing is going to come down to, are you going to put the time and the effort in? Right? I mean, Marty, you and I have hyper clean. 
if we could be the two smartest guys in the world and spend zero time, or we could be two knuckleheads like us and spend a lot of time and have success. So what it comes down to is, are you willing to put in the work? The greatest idea in the world, let's say you and I came up with Facebook, but we never worked on it. Well, great. We came up with Facebook, but Facebook now doesn't exist. We haven't put the work in. We haven't put the time in. We didn't develop the idea. Like that, it's it, it seems so easy, All right, but so that's where the conversation gets so off track. Let's 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 dissect that word work then, because that's maybe where, where there's that confusion. Because if let's let's just go detailing. Let's just go. I I'm starting a side hustle. I'm gonna run it out of my car for a little bit, or you know, I'm, I'm gonna rent this little facility and I'm gonna do it part time. All good. Wonderful. What, what do you mean when you say work? Because if I'm doing that or, you know, hey, I want to get into distribution because I love hyperclean products. I, I like talking to people or, yep. you know, I, I see that there's in our area, there's, there's it's actually product under underserved. There could be somebody else selling products here. Like, yeah. That, so if they've I'm, seen this and if, if they they like detailing, then that means that they like the work, right? Like. The work is is really what brings a fulfillment. If if I'm detailing, I love to detail, right? Like I yeah. want the car, I want to clean the car, I want to I want to snow foam it, I want to clean the interior, I I want to put on coatings. Like I'm gonna enjoy all that, right? That's work. I love it. So is I just want to toss this back, right? Like is the word then that maybe it's not that they don't like the work. It's let's let's dive into that that other word sacrifice yeah well i'll, I'll ask what you is sacrifice question. yeah what is How? sacrifice versus work versus time versus all that like yeah i mean are, are you willing to miss family events are you willing to not see your family at christmas because people will say well i mean i'm not going to detail a car on christmas no but you may detail a car on christmas eve that somebody's giving to somebody on christmas and then somebody may get a Christmas gift on Christmas Day and call you on the 26th and need the car detail that they just gave to somebody on the 25th. I had that happen pretty much the last 10 years of my business, 12 years, where we detailed cars leading up. There were gifts for people. Then other people gave the gifts and wanted them detailed after. So you're right. I didn't give up Christmas Day necessarily, but I couldn't really go anywhere. And what if your family's not where you live or your family's somewhere else, or you're in the Midwest and your, your parents are in Florida for the, the winter, whatever case may be. Right. So again, it was never sacrificed to me. I wanted to build my company. So I never used the word, like I had to say, you know, I was so sad that I did this stuff. I just knew it had to be done. That's a term though, right? It's a yeah. Term. I mean, people use that word, but again, it shouldn't feel that way. I've also known that there are going to be things in my daughter's life that I don't want to miss that I'm probably going to be pushed into missing because I got to handle my company as it is today. We got things going on in hyperclean. We got the, we do our best, but there are times I'm going to have to look at my family and go, Hey, I can't make this. Like I, 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 you know, I have a PPF job back here. You know, we, we've been struggling to get this piece down. The guy needs the car back, whatever stuff's going to come up. And again, I think my happiness, your happiness, all of our happiness comes down to one thing. If you tell yourself you want to be a millionaire, but you don't want to miss a football practice, you don't want to be a millionaire that bad. And that's all good. There's not a right and wrong in that. But it's the lying to ourselves. You know, like you and I always talk about the, the little white lies of detailing. You know, it's the same in your business, in your side hustle. Don't tell yourself you want to go do these big financial things if you don't, because the sacrifice is summed up best by one of my longtime customers. He took a business that was $50, 60000000 million in the hole, and he ended up selling it for multi-billions of dollars. That was 20-plus years of work, missing everything. Missed a lot of things. Missed a lot of his kids growing up. Missed a lot of different stuff. Lost a lot of touch with friends and family. 
but four, four, five, six, seven billion dollars, that's a lot of money. And that's a lot of sacrifice, as you say, that you have to make. And what if you don't get that, that payout at the end? That's a tough thing for people to, to, to look at. But when we look at the word distribution, I've never visited any city that I didn't think could use way better chemical knowledge around car wash, detailing, whatever. I've always thought it was subpar my entire life. And I've lived in a few cities and I've visited a lot of them. But people hear chemical distribution, they just assume, like you say, I'm going to build it and they're going to come. The, the funniest one we hear con constantly is I'm going to build a website. We had a great team behind our website and still do. It costs money. It costs time. It costs effort. Then you got to market it. Then you got to make content. Then you got to take pictures. Then you got to write co copy. Then you like, dude, this is what I mean by work. Even if you talk about detailing a car as work, you still have to market. You still have to do a sales call. You still have to cold call. You still have to do Instagram marketing. You still have to do Facebook marketing. You still got to do all these things for your side hustle. This is work. Detailing a car becomes the easy part when you really start having something that makes money. The easiest thing I do on a daily basis is get cars detailed. That's the easiest part of my day as we sit here today, if that sums it up, probably the best. All right. So if we're thinking side hustle to main hustle to, well, this is what I'm going to do day in, day out, six days a week. Well, I better pick something I enjoy, huh? I better actually then start to build a lifestyle around what I'm doing. I think that's going to be a, a major disconnect for many people getting into a side hustle or to a main hustle or whatever is how do I not go into that obis later of, you know, I was on this episode a couple of months ago, right? This, oh, we're depressed. You know, we're, we're not quite sure about things anymore. Right. Like, yeah. And one of the things that I talked about on that was well, why not make it your life? Like in a sense, if you didn't ever have to sacrifice, then you're always just multiplying, right? Yeah. Like in a sense of sacrifice, it means that one aspect of what you're doing is going to have to take away or spend less so that you can support and give into something else, right? Let's just, that's the definition of what sacrifice is going to mean. I'm going to take away so that I can add in. Hmm. What if I didn't actually have to take away? Yeah. What if my life revolved around my hustle? What if my life was strictly hustle? Then everything that came inside of the life, well, it absorbed, it didn't sacrifice. It came in like a puzzle piece so that all of it began to coexist together. So that if my partner knows that we're building this, then if I'm going to need to miss something, that then my partner would be there to good luck with that. My place, right? Like <laughs> it all becomes cohesive together. You all work together for the overall purpose, in a sense, right? Yeah, Which is luck. our word, right? Yeah, good yeah. luck, right? But that's that's a big reason why we say purpose. It's a massive reason, right? Like. If everything can stay in the same purpose, there's not dividing, there's not sacrificing, there's not all this other. It's it's all purposeful in what we're doing. I've yeah. got to go out and sell some products. So uh well, that means that I I'm gonna have to clean cars on a Saturday morning because I spent a lot of time during the week. Well, Saturday morning is soccer games. Hey. Um, or, or what about but, Friday night is I went out and had too many drinks with my, with my wife or my husband and, you know, we love to party and that's what we want to do. And it doesn't have to be always these genuine reasons. There's a lot of people that just aren't going to give up, you know, going out on a boat and having a few beers. They're not going to give those things up. I mean, you hear this all the time from guys that run ultra marathons and, 
you know, do all these different types of things. It's like, yeah, I don't do that stuff. I don't, what do you do? Well, I get up, I run, I go to work, I run. And everybody's like, that's all you do. They're like, yeah. Well, guess what? When you're a business owner, there's a long time that I went, there wasn't a bunch of fun. There wasn't a bunch of, Hey, let's go do this. Hey, let's go take this trip. I've shared that before. And I've, I'm not a unique story. You're not a unique story with this. Like that's what people need to hear. When you talk to people that have built a company that lasts, the number one thing they tell you is like how long it took them to get to comfort. That's like the general thing business owners share, right? It's like, oh, well, it's almost like a prison sentence when you talk like in a group because they'll go like, yeah, man, about year eight. You know, that's when things turn. Yeah, year 13 for me. Yeah, things turned and we got over that hump and that's when things started to get good. I, I jokingly say the prison thing, but that's kind of business owners that understand one another usually talk in the year where they got over the hump. Maybe the guy was, Hey man, year four, we were really cranking year nine. We were really cranking. That's kind of how you talk to other business owners that have been in business and have found a little bit of success of whatever type. The thing that I find interesting is how much we don't talk about getting over that hump. And that the next maybe, level, yeah, maybe five years for you. It could be seven years for this guy. It could be 22 years for this person. But I don't think I've ever talked to a successful business owner that shied away from moving things to the side to make sure their business kept moving forward. And that's what a lot of men and women are not going to do. And people can say, well, I'm not going to miss my family. Yeah, you're also not going to miss that beer either. It wasn't just your family. Some of it was for some guys. But, dude, we, you and I know those guys. They always went out. They, they, they always made sure they had the most expensive truck at the expense of their business moving to the next level. And I think one of the reasons we're having this conversation today, and, again, it's a broad conversation, is so many men and women of all different backgrounds and where their business, they reach out to us constantly. And they swear that we have some like crystal ball that's going to help them. If you aren't willing to work in all of its definition, it doesn't work. <laughs> like this thing doesn't move forward. It, it, it just doesn't. Never miss a day for the next five years and watch how your life changes. I'm, I'm here to tell you. Never take a vacation for the next five years. Save every penny you can to go do acquisitions for your business. Watch how your life changes. Nobody wants to say it out loud and nobody wants to hear it. Don't buy every new pair of shoes that comes out. Don't, you know, don't have the most expensive truck payment. Don't have a camper you can't afford, right? Like, I'm not saying this stuff because I care what anybody, I mean, it's your money, man. Do what you want to do with it. But when somebody asks me, like we get asked, I don't think people realize how much I appreciate that people ask us this stuff because every time your answer gets a little bit tighter, your help gets a little bit better through the education of what they tell you. I don't say this from an egotistical perspective. I say it from, I can't make it any more simple. If you won't sacrifice your money, if you won't sacrifice your time, if you won't put in 100% effort, Listen to what I'm saying. Go get a job. There is, it's a better life. <laughs> like, I can't express to people enough. It's a better life. But if you accept those first things, then sooner or later, could be five years, could be 10 years, could be 15 years down the road, it's going to pay off. I've never seen anybody that does those things I tell, told you that it doesn't pay off in some way. I, I just have never seen that. That's my personal opinion. But so why don't you like the word sacrifice though? Because I never felt like I sacrificed anything. I knew what it took. Uh, look, people have a hard time. And I've told this to a few people privately that have called and asked us for help on their distributorship or whatever, just their business. And I've talked to them and I said, what nobody, even including my family will believe in when I say, but I'll say it here. And it's hundred percent the facts. I wanted to make enough money that I had pure freedom to do whatever I wanted to do. I didn't care about detailing, so to speak, as my only avenue of making money. I cared about how do I get to a point 
where if I want to walk away from everything, I have the ability to walk away. When I went and got my shop, we've shared this before, it wasn't even a decision for me. You and I never even talked about the money. I was just like, ah, what do I want to do? I want complete freedom. That's the only driving force behind what I do. I wanted freedom. And I knew that if I wasn't willing to, to, to do these things, I wasn't going to get the money. So, I mean, call it an oversimplification, but we're so scared to talk about money in the business world as if that's not why we're, we're all doing it for that reason. Marty, you aren't just doing it for the love of business. You're doing it for the, for the small hope that you're going to be up on that pedestal of where you're like, hey, man, build a seven-figure company, build an eight-figure company, build a nine-figure company. That's why we all start a business. But only thing I cared about was freedom of money. Only thing. I, I've never cared about anything else. Yeah, there's an idea that has released over the past years called pay it forward. I don't know if you've no, heard about that. No, what was it called? Pay yourself first or something? No, 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 this, that's, that's different. Oh, that's, okay. that is inside of this like business thing of what you different. It is completely opposite. It, it, you, you actually, you'll see it on stories. You'll see it on uh, reels, TikToks. You'll see it where, you know, you, you're paying it forward. You're, you're in line and you pay oh, somebody's gotcha. bill. Of yeah. Yeah. Like, I know what you're talking about. You're paying for it because it's this idea that you hope that you're going to do something so that in the future, I've paid for something and it will reciprocate back to me because I took care of somebody else. It's an interesting theory. It really is. I want people to think through paying it forward to your own self. Because as, as you and I talked about this and we, we think through these and I have conversations with detailers, I have conversations with people that are, are not detailers but are wanting to get into car care and wanting to get into selling products or whatever. We have, we have conversations throughout the day that it's a lot of fun. And I still will always say, you got a question about how you could do hyperclean distribution. I say, go to hypercleanstore.com fill out the, you know, the form. I'll give you a call. We'll talk through it. But I, here's the dilemma. I think a lot of people, you, you, you got to ask yourself is what are you going to pay for for your own self? Um, you know, anybody that has a parent that begins to, well, dwindle in age and dwindle in health, Anybody that has, well, a friend that's gone through an injury or um, a random family member that you hear that something happened to him, you should immediately put a flag in the ground and go, okay, I'm X amount of years into life. I'm X amount of years into business. I'm X amount of years into whatever. I'm understanding that somebody in their future, they didn't think of the way I was in my 20s, 30s. And they're in their 60s, 70s, 80s. I, I just, I really got to know if, if, if you will take a moment to pay it forward to yourself. The difficulties that goes into taking a side hustle or taking a regular hustle and being able to incorporate it into your life so that you can incorporate into 10 years of business. Some of us are, hey, I want to make it to five years of business. I want to make it, okay. 10 years, 15, 20. Could you imagine what 20 years in business, what does your life look like when you're 44? I started cleaning cars when I was in my young 20s. I'm 20 plus years into it. What does my like, life look like 20 years later? How do you begin to pay forward into your own life? I get it. The guy behind me at Starbucks, you know, you know, he's, I got to pay his $5 cup of coffee. I don't, you know, like I understand the system of that, but I think it's kind of, I think it's a, I think it's a jaded. I don't think it's a proven system that you can buy somebody else's shit and then it's going to pay forward back to you later in life. But what could you do in your own life, in your own business to quote unquote, and this is why I asked the question earlier, Nick, is 
is why, you know, what did you like about the word sacrifice? Like sacrifice is a weird word, but if I'm going to pay somebody else's fucking bill behind me at Starbucks, I sacrifice five bucks and hoping that later in life, at some point in time, that $5 cup of Starbucks is going to translate into something, right? Paying forward. How do I pay forward my business? Side hustle, weekend hustle. I'm a knocker. I'm just, I go around and clean some people's cars. I love cleaning people's cars. I've got two or three cars I clean a day. I got five cars clean a day. How do I, I got to start thinking if I'm 20 to 30, how do I pay for it into my business so that when I'm 40, 50, 60, what does paying for it look like that far out? Yeah. We, we've asked, right? I mean, it's a good, this is a good way to end it. I think we've, we've tried to express to guys hiring is going to it. If it's only gotten tougher in our life to this point and in our business, 20 plus years, Marty, what have I, what did we say to put it in perspective? Showing up for work was taken for granted 20 years ago. That was the bare minimum. You were always going to show up to work 20 years later. If you show up to work, you're headed towards a six-figure career because they can't find people to show up to work every day. That's how quickly this thing has devolved, so to speak, into a bad place. It's not going to go backwards and get better. Right? So when you say paying it forward, there's a reason I tell guys, the biggest mistake now looking back at my career is I should have been a chemical distributor in 2010. And I would probably have not just a seven figure business, I'd have an eight approaching a nine figure business in my mind, because now I see the upside. There's so many guys, and I've, I've had times I'm guilty of this, you're, you're guilty of it. The worst thing you can do is lie to yourself. You think you're going to want to polish paint at 45? Look at the really great paint polishers that are 45 years old. They all train people. They all train people. They don't sit there and cut paint all day. Or they cut paint one or two days a week and take the other five plus days off. Don't really make a bunch of money, but make okay living. Like, or they're 45. They hardly ever pick up a polisher and they got 10 team members. Right? I mean, those are your avenues. Or you can get into things like chemical distribution. You can get into things like maybe paint protection film. It's a little bit easier, but highly technical work, whatever. But you, you saying paying it forward, I kind of say it as your business is going to happen one way or another. The years are going to keep rolling. What decisions have you made? Because those are going to play themselves out in the next year, five years, 10 years. And I think we're seeing that with the ceramic coating thing where everybody had this last five years. Now, all of a sudden, the economy, not looking real cherry at the moment, but still plugging away in some spots. People are still getting by, but everybody can feel the fracture. Did you bet on the right horses? Going to find out. A lot of people changing their tune five seconds into a recession. What's that tell you? Eh. Maybe you bet on the wrong horse. That's paying it forward to yourself. It's not only seeing where you want to be, but now starting to put your money and your effort into those things. And we go back to this. One thing I'll leave this conversation with, I am told every day by somebody somewhere that all they want is an opportunity. That could be somebody to come on my team. That could be something, conversation we have in HyperClean. That could be somebody trying to be a distributor. They don't want an opportunity. They think they want an opportunity. They want a gift. They want somebody to hand it to them. And they already lost. Because everybody that's ever talked to you and I about distribution that has worked their ass off, how often do we have to talk to them? It's just about orders. Hey, man, need an order. Hey, man, need an order. Hey, man, need an order. I'm not saying they don't need help. But not very often. What do they do? They take the ball. They run with it. They put the effort in. They're out on the road. They're talking to these people. Hey, I'm in this. 
Hey, here's my business card, shaking hands, kissing babies. They're not talking about putting something on a website, are they? They're just out and about, man. Let me talk to as many people as I can. I'm going to let everybody know I got chemicals. Hustling. Hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Exactly. And dude, I'm telling you, people think I'm, I'm, I'm acting crazy when I say this. I say it in my family all the time. I say it to friends all the time. The word opportunity screws people up because they just immediately think free. And there ain't nothing free about this. If people saw how much you and I worked on HyperClean, they, they, wouldn't, they would think that it's, well, I heard the chemical business was easy. Yeah, so did I. I am here to tell you it's not. But you can exponentially make money as compared to being a detailer on your own. And that's the exciting part. I'm doing things now that I hope pay off 10 years from now. Think about that. I'm not even hoping they pay off. We got so many things in the pipeline that they may not pay off for the next six years. Knowing that in a meeting that you and I are talking about something, Marty, we're talking about something that may not have come to fruition from, for five or six years from now. There's the difference between the word opportunity and what it looks like in the real world. I am investing time, which is costing me money, for something that I may not be able to bring to fruition for the next six years. That's what opportunity looks like, is a lot of free shit over here, me working my ass off for free, hoping that it pays off six years from now. Are you willing to do that? If not, I'm telling you, man, do yourself a favor. A lot of people hiring for a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with it. But we, we're so scared to say it out loud. And I hope people take from this conversation, dude, I've gotten this shit wrong a lot. I've, I've gone two steps forward, eight steps back, another step forward, seven steps back. I just kind of accepted it as part of it. And I think that was my only strength is I knew I was a bonehead and it was going to take me a while. So I was willing to put in the time and the effort. And, and, and that, that's all I ever did. I mean, people ask me when we're on phone conversations, man. I'm like, dude, if you think it, I thought about it harder than this, I didn't. It was just one foot in front of the other. I wanted to go from making 1000 to 5000 to 10 That's all I did. There was not another secret. Hope it helps. Yeah, definitely. I mean, probably not, searching. but I hope it helps. There's people searching. There's no doubt. I mean, you're in Uber drivers. You're in people that are TikTok. Everybody's searching for the next thing that can really make themselves make their business make their life make whatever absolutely pay it forward get started but understand that how much work whether you want to call it a sacrifice which i think we both agree that if you incorporate your lifestyle around how you generate finances well then it's not a sacrifice it's really a part of the overall picture and you're literally just paying yourself forward into what your future is going to behold and how much more you're going to get in the future and why you should take the time to go about it. That's a great, I think it's a great way of finishing out the philosophical question is you pay it forward. You're keep going, keep going yeah. and keep Agreed. going. It's a climb, not a grind. It's a climb. Yep. Agreed. All right, Nick. Have a Bye, great bro. day, brother. We'll see you Talk all next you. week. Hey, this is Marshall. And as you listen to that episode, I imagine there's some of you that are going, you know what? I do need to take my business to the next level. This little side hustle venture that I, I think I'm trying to do, I need to take it to the next level. I need to, I need to get it going. I need to, I need to go. I need to go. Great. I need you to take that moment, take that energy, and understand what it means to then pay forward. So, and this was a conversation I had with somebody this past week. So if you have this vision of where you want to be, then you've got to start taking the steps. So today, today, as you're listening to this today, stop walking the dog, stop, stop detailing the car, stop uh, many people are driving, so I'm not going to tell you to stop and pull over, but as soon as you get to the next place that you can stop and pull over, then stop and pull over, right? Like, 
there's part of paying it forward that comes to a point where you make a commitment. The commitments you've got to make and the commitments you've got to do is when you're going to pay forward to your future is how you're going to get there. What steps are you going to take? You know, if you want to bring to the next level of your business income, then you need to bring in HyperClean Ceramics. You need to get applying HyperClean Uno, HyperClean Dose to every car that you possibly can because you know that adding 200, 400, 600, 800 bucks to every single car that comes through your shop is going to mean a lot to your business. And what will it be in a year? What will it be in two years? What will it be in three years? What will your income be because you brought in HyperClean Ceramics? What will it be? Pay it forward. Stop guessing, stop questioning, and start moving forward. Some of you that have looked around the in your local industry and you've gone, listen, I, I see an opportunity. I really do. Well, hypercleanstore.com, fill out the form, send me your info. Let's talk about how you could begin to build distribution in your local city. Takes work, takes a lot of work. You're gonna be cleaning cars as well as out talking to people about products. I have done it. I understand how much work it takes. I can help you. Let's go through it. If that's the direction that you want and you go, yes, in five years, I want to have a half million dollar distribution company. Because that's what I did. So I can help you get to that point. Doesn't mean next year. It means in five years. You can do it. What does 10 years then look like? Are you a million dollar company? What opportunity? What do you want to do to pay forward into your future? Let's have that discussion. Hi, this is Marshall from, I, I wish nothing but you building and creating and having the best day you possibly can. And the best day that you can have also means is you're going to build in to your future days. It's the reason why I say make it a great day. Make it. You can make it a great day. You can make your future great. I believe in you. <laughs> this is Marshall. Make it a great day. <laughs>